Nashville of our focus teams is into the Stanley Cup playoffs, staving off Dallas's last efforts to get in. This podcast, we wrap up the regular season for our focus teams and to discover Central Division prior to this year's NHL playoffs. Welcome to what I have dubbed going for fourth on Central Division Hockey, the podcast this week, Discover Central Edition. It's a look at the three teams that stayed in the Central Division of the eight that will make up the Central Division in 2021-22. I'm your host, Tim Bigelow. This podcast was recorded Tuesday, May 11th. The Discover Central teams wrapped up regular season play May the 10th. The Discover Central focuses on Chicago, Dallas, and Nashville with the original three Central Division teams we follow. Just a reminder, the Discover Central is not the namesake this program will properly and accurately be named for beginning next year. With the interdivisional play, Chicago, Dallas, and Nashville play Tampa Bay, Carolina, Florida, Columbus, and Detroit, so they are often in the game summaries. This year in the Discover Central, three traditionally Eastern Conference teams dominated as Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Florida held the top three spots in perpetuity this year. I am going to miss getting to say in perpetuity as much as I have been able to in this interdivisional play and podcast has allowed me to. As we take a look at the final regular season for the Discover Central at the conclusion of the regular season, Carolina finished first by point percentage, 714 point percentage, 80 points in 56 games, setting up a matchup with Nashville, who qualified fourth. Second place went to Florida as they won the last two home games versus Tampa Bay to finish ahead of them. Florida finishes with a 705 point percentage, 79 points, 56 games played, and third place Tampa Bay with a 670 point percentage, 75 points in 56 games played for the defending Stanley Cup champions. That will have the Florida teams play a playoff series for the first time against each other that is surprising, probably only because it has never happened before. Even though for this division the playoff matchups are set now, this is not a playoff preview podcast. There will be one for the Carolina-Nashville series. Likewise, this isn't a season wrap-up podcast for the focus teams. Each of the eight Central Division teams will have one, including Dallas and Chicago, who will miss this year's postseason, and Nashville, who continue on to the postseason for a seventh consecutive time. Those wrap-up team additions will begin in reverse point order once the number of playoff games and teams left affords the time to begin those additions. Meanwhile, the West and North Division are still finishing up the regular season. This podcast is to recap the regular season for our three focused Central Division teams and how Nashville captured the fourth final playoff spot in the Discover Central. This week's order is being done by how the teams finished in the regular season standings. Nashville, Dallas, Chicago, in that order. Two weeks ago, I predicted the magic number was 62 points for snagging the fourth and final playoff spot with in the Discover Central. Nashville finished with 64 points, two points over that threshold. Dallas finished with 60 points. If we want to get super technical... 61 points was the magic number of points needed, and Nashville had more. 
Let's start with the playoff-bound Nashville Predators. Here's the expanded standings look at Nashville for the regular season. They went 4-1-0 to keep fourth and clinch the last Discover Central playoff spot. Nashville finished with a 571 point percentage, fourth since the last podcast, 4-1-0. Overall, 31-23-2, 56 games played, 64 points, 156 goals for, 154 goals against, a plus-two goal differential. Nashville gets the extra point in the final head-to-head game with Dallas. Here's the game summary. Saturday, May 1st, Nashville won, Dallas nothing, overtime game in Nashville. 540 into the first, Dallas goalie Anton Hudobin takes a tripping penalty, making a poke check. 712 in, Nashville's Eric Hullas tip on a point shot on the power play is stopped by Dallas goalie Hudobin. 627 left, Nashville's Roman Yossi takes a big hit from Dallas's Jason Robertson. 208 left, Dallas's Andrew Cogliano net side a shot stopped by Nashville goalie UC Sarles. Scoreless after one. 151 into the second, Dallas's Robertson's rebound shot on a point shot is stopped by Nashville goalie Saros. 553 in, Nashville's Matthias Ekholm walks into a blast of a shot stopped by Dallas goalie Hudobin. After Nashville's Matt Benning has a shot block on Dallas's Andrew Cogliano, he finishes a check. After Nashville's Benning and Dallas Cogliano fight, and Nashville's Eric Branson and Dallas's Blake Como fight as well, all get two minutes roughing at 11-11 in. Nashville's Roman Yossi returns having missed 17 and a half minutes of the game, scoreless through two. 4.51 into the third, Dallas's Rope Hints and Joe Pavelski, two-on-one, forces Nashville goalie Soros to make a pad stop from the slot off the wing. 11.46 left, Nashville's Hollis stop short side. 11.39 left, Dallas's goalie Hudobin makes a slot pad stop. 5.55 left, Nashville goalie Saros stops Dallas's Jamie Benz rebound after Essa Lindell's point shot. 4.30 left, teams play 4-on-4 four four as Nashville's Cabranson gets a penalty after Dallas's Robertson takes a cross tech on the same play. 2.38 left, Nashville goalie Saros makes a skate stop on Dallas's John Klingward's point shot tipped by a Nashville player and facing a net front screen. Scoreless after three, needing three-on-three OT. 58 seconds in overtime, Nashville's Yossi draws a hooking penalty by Dallas's Robertson. Nashville has a four-on-three power play. Dallas kill off the penalty. Teams playing four-on-four until the next stoppage. Nashville's Ekholm picks off a Dallas stretch pass attempt in the neutral zone, and Ekholm gets it into the Dallas defensive zone, goes around behind the Dallas net, puts it net front to Halla in the paint, and Hulla's a forehand lifted shot as the puck goes off a Dallas goalie who dobins pad and in for the Nashville overtime game-winning goal and a one nothing overtime win for Nashville. 34-28 shots Nashville, Nashville for 2, Dallas 0 for 1 on the power play. UC Saros, a 28 save overtime a win shutout for his third of the season. Dallas goalie Hudobin, 1 goal against, 33 saves and overtime loss. Dallas was without forward Dennis Gurionov. Nashville was without forward Victor Arvidsson. Nashville's Philip Forsberg returned to the lineup for this game. Nashville game perspective, the goaltenders for both teams were the game stars, and UC Saros didn't allow a goal in the game that needed extra time. Five of the eight meetings between the teams did this season require extra time. UC Saros outdueled Anton Hudobin in, quite honestly, an instantly to be a Central Division classic that you didn't want either team to lose, but I know for sure I didn't want it decided in a shootout, and yes, Hulla gets the overtime game-winning goal, but it's the two-way play of Matthias Ekholm that does all the heavy lifting to set up the winner. 
Nashville gets a split in Columbus that makes Nashville's path to the playoffs more challenging. Here's the game summaries. Monday, May 3rd, a 4-3 overtime win at Columbus. 9.34 in Nashville's LA Toval and slot shot is stopped. 7.40 left Nashville goalie UC Saros makes a stop with his helmet and glove on a Columbus power play shot from the circle. 3.14 left Nashville goalie Saros gets glove on Columbus shot from the hash marks off a faceoff win. 32 seconds left. Nashville's Eric Hollis second of two shorthanded breakaways has a forehand pad stop save by Columbus goalie Alice Merzlikens. Hulla missed the net on the first breakaway chance. Scoreless first. 5.02 into the second, Nashville goalie Saros save off the Columbus rush. 6.06 in, Nashville's Brad Richardson's net front chance is stopped. 9.01, Nashville's Philip Forsberg off the cycle does what is best described as a baseball slide. He chips and lifts the puck blocker side for a Nashville goal. Two minutes, 28 seconds later, a Nashville power play goal. Ryan Johansson's rebound over the glove side as Tovalin puts the shot off the pad to create a rebound after a cross-seam pass from Forsberg. Under two minutes left, Nashville psycho pins Columbus in the defensive zone. 44 seconds left, Nashville goal, Roman Yossi point shot blast through traffic, blocker side. 3-0 Nashville through two. 154 into the third, Nashville Saros makes two saves, but defenseman Ryan Ellis swats it with his glove and puts it into the Nashville net, off the net camera, and out for a Columbus goal by Emil Benstrom. 7.22 in, Nashville goalie Saros, two saves and net front. 7.26 in, Columbus's Benstrom gets lost in Nashville defensive zone coverage and from the dot puts it short side roof for his second. 6.21 left, Nashville delay a game, puck over glass penalty. 4.53 left, Columbus power play goal, Benstrom's third for the natural hat trick from the dot short side roof 3-3 after three needing three on three ot 324 nashville's yossi gets the overtime game winning goal on a clean zone entry from the circle he scores far side glove for the 4-3 overtime nashville win 38 32 shots nashville nashville one for four columbus one for three with the power play nashville goalie sorrows three goals against 29 saves for the win Wednesday, May 5th, a 4-2 loss at Columbus. 3-22 into the first, Nashville opens scoring on the forecheck. Tanner Janot goes around the net to the net side and finds a way to sneak it past Columbus goalie Merzlikens' short side. 1-0 Nashville after 1. 2-08 into the second, Columbus power play goal after Nashville goalie UC Saros makes a save a rebound and it goes off a Columbus player net front who bats it in short side. 8-26 in, Nashville's Eric Hollis backhand is stopped. 8 minutes in, Nashville Yakov Trenin off the rush crashes the net but is stopped. 9.17 in Nashville's Philip Forsberg at the top of the paint is stopped in close. 5.44 left Nashville goalie Saros makes a slot stop. 2.07 left Nashville's Kelly Yarncrook gets a goal on a two-on-one keep from the hash marks. He beats Columbus goalie Merzlikens roof glove. 51 seconds left Columbus goal off the forecheck from the circle put in over the pad under the blocker on Nashville goalie Saros. Two all through two. 3.38 into the third, Nashville's Trennan gets an open look off the rush, but is stopped from the low circle. 8.39 in, Nashville's Forsberg stop short side driving the net. 6.10 left, Nashville gets trapped in their defensive zone. Columbus get a goal, a point shot net front tip goes five hole. 4.41 left, Nashville's Alexander Carrier along the goal line on a deep pinch, can't get the backhand to go as he cuts cross crease. 
323 left. Nashville's Ryan Johansson stopped by a pad save net front. 112 left. Columbus breakaway forces Nashville goalie Saros to make two stops. 26 seconds left. Nashville's Roman Yossi's sidewall shot on goal stop. Columbus added an empty net goal with one second left for a 4-2 a win. 32-27 shots. Nashville. Nashville for one. Columbus one for two with the power play. Nashville goalie Saros three goals against 23 saves in the loss. Nashville game set perspective. In Monday's 5-4 overtime win, Nashville plays 40 minutes of good road hockey to be up three goals. In the third, they are awful in the defensive zone and they pay for it. Saros really had two goals scored on him as the first one was gloved into the net unexpectedly by his own defender Ellis or I think Nashville holds on to win this game in regulation simply because Saros doesn't give up another goal. Nashville gets the job done in overtime against Columbus who finish last in the Discover Central. Wednesday's 4-2 loss, a 1-0 lead after one. However, Columbus was a better team except for Saros through two as they enter the third tide. While Nashville have more chances, it is also getting stuck into their own defensive zone that leads to Columbus's game-winning goal. A split here is a disappointment, and although it didn't cost Nashville a playoff spot if they had failed to beat Carolina, this two-game set would have said more about why Nashville didn't get the job done. Nashville clinched the final Discover Central Division playoff spot with a win Saturday. Carolina, with a first spot in the Discover Central locked up, played the most uninspired game while Nashville plays to its best ability. The 3-1 win is about Carolina taking the night off more than how Nashville played. Nashville won the last game of their regular season over Carolina with both teams keeping out key regulars before the playoff series between the teams. Saturday, May 8th, a 3-1 win versus Carolina. 6-17 into a scoreless first, Nashville's Brad Richardson's wraparound stop by Carolina goalie Alex Nedeljkovic. 9-01 left Carolina net front deflection goes off the crossbar. 5-50 left Nashville goalie UC Sorrell's blocker save on a Carolina 2-on-1. 13-38 into the second, Nashville's Ellie Tovalin rings the post from a distance. 7-33 left, a Nashville goal. Luke Cunning sprung for a breakaway off a stretch pass, then a sauce pass. He puts a backhand lifted blocker side in. 2.35 left Nashville, goalie Saros, short side stop. one nothing Nashville through two. 4.55 into the third, Carolina off the rush, hit the post from the circle far side. 7.41 in Nashville, goal. Cunning second on a breakaway as he puts it top corner glove. 9.50 in Nashville's Matt Deshane breakaway, backhander is stopped. 9.07 in Carolina goal, pass, slot, net side, lifted up and in. 103 left from his own blue line, Nashville's Eric Hala with an empty net goal for Nashville's 3-1 win to clinch, fourth spot in the Discover Central playoffs. Shots, 30-22 Nashville, Nashville for 3, Carolina 0 for 1 with the power play, Nashville goalie Saros, one goal against 21 saves in the win. Monday, May the 10th, versus Carolina, a 5 nothing win. 140 into the first. Carolina with a tic-tac-toe slot blast, stopped by Nashville goalie Pecorini. 251 in Nashville's Rocco Grimaldi, shorthanded after a Carolina turnover at the Nashville blue line. Grimaldi goes up the wing, stops up in the crease, and tucks the back end in on Carolina goalie Peter Mrazek. 
429 in Nashville goal off the cycle. Let side Matt DeShane cuts across the paint and tucks a backhand past the pad far side. 659 in Nashville's Nick Cousins backhand stopped net front. 714 in Nashville's Philip Forsberg in the slot stopped on the power play. 802 left Carolina stopped net side. 604 left Nashville's Tyler Lewington and Carolina's Max McCormick get five for fighting. And to get to know your favorite team's AHLers inserted into the game's lineup part of this game summary. 328 left Nashville's Ellie Tovalin backhand hits the post. 2 nothing Nashville after one. 419 into the second Nashville goal on a delayed penalty to Carolina. 6 on 5 to Shane with his second of the game. Rebound into an open net. 449 in Nashville's David Ferentz stops short side on a deep pinch. 629 in Nashville goalie Rene. Two saves in close. 209 in Nashville's Richardson stops short side net side. 907 left Rene stops Carolina power play slot shot. 752 left Nashville power play goal Ryan Johansson from the slot off the pad and in glove side off a download feed from Philip Forsberg. 428 left Nashville goalie Rene comes out of his crease for a big slot save. Nashville's Matt Benning and Carolina's Morgan Geeky wrestled at the buzzer. Penalties assessed were roughing for them. However, Nashville's Eric O'Branson got four minutes roughing for doing less, and Carolina's Nino Niederreiter got two minutes roughing for even being less involved. 4 nothing Nashville through two. Carolina power play to start the third. 57 seconds into the third, Nashville get a shorthanded goal. Tanner Janot chips it and wins a race to the puck for a partial breakaway. Puts it over the pad under the blocker. 154 in, Rene stops a power play chance top of the paint. 711 in, Rene pad stop robbery on Carolina. 357 left Nashville's Matthew Olivier stop net front. 329 left Nashville's Tovalin from the goal line cuts net front but puts his backhander off the far side post. Nashville goalie Rene 30 saves for a second shutout of the season in 5 nothing Nashville win. Nashville 27 shots. Nashville 1 for 4. Carolina 0 for 4 on the power play. Nashville game set perspective. Saturday's 3-1 win. Carolina had clinched first in the Discover Central. They averaged 32 shots on goal, the fifth highest in the NHL at the time of recording this podcast. They had 22 shots on goal in this 3-1 Nashville win. This isn't what Nashville did. It's about what Carolina didn't do. They didn't play the game that had them first in the Discover Central and almost winning the President's Trophy. The Monday 5 nothing win, both teams rested key players. Not just Carolina, Nashville did too. A well-rested Pekka Rene had a great game in that, and Nashville wanted to end the season with a win. They played like it. Carolina played like they weren't interested. Star Sebastian Ajo played, for example, 13 minutes, 8 seconds time on ice. Tavo Tervaninen, 10.35. Around 6 minutes less than the average time on ice during the season of some of Carolina's top players that did dress. This two-game set provides no insight into the upcoming first-round playoff series between the two teams at all. Just remember that. Nashville's overall analysis. Nashville's playoff bound. For this segment, I promised myself that I would focus on the positives of Nashville making the playoffs and not the matchup with Carolina, even with the two games set between the teams to end the regular season. I will have a playoff preview for the series to do that in. First, at 64 points, they were over that 62-point 
threshold I felt was needed to snag the final playoff spot. That was pretty accurate considering Dallas ended up with 60 points. 62 points was getting a team into fourth spot into Discover Central. In fact, 61 points would have. The big thing for Nashville was the extra point in the overtime game versus Dallas. That made Dallas's path more challenging. It also was something Nashville did this season. Get the extra points in games against Dallas. It's substantial to look back and say shootout and overtime wins over Dallas is the point difference to Nashville getting into the playoffs. But that's kind of also wishful thinking. Nashville was 5-3-0 versus Dallas, and that's on the surface, the winning record and the points needed. The caveat is Dallas's record versus Nashville was 3-0-5. Dallas never lost in regulation to Nashville. If you look at both the team's records, and trust me, this is why I think the shootout and NHL point system is broken, well, you can make a case Dallas won the head-to-head matchup between the teams. Here's why. Nashville's five extra time wins totals 10 points. Dallas's three regulation wins and five loser points totals 11. Nashville did contribute to a lengthy number of Dallas extra time losses, but it's the overall total of them combined that set Dallas back as much as the head-to-head between the teams. However, Overall, at only two shootout overtime losses for the 56-game schedule, Nashville was on the winning end of games against everyone in the division more than the losing end when it came to extra time. That's the helpful push here. Nashville got the extra point 10 out of 12 games they played needing extra time. So full marks to Nashville because that is a clutch statistic. And that certainly is where you find the points Nashville had that Dallas didn't to be playoff bound. Worrisome was in the set in Columbus that I felt Nashville had to have both games in prior to playing Carolina. They split those and came close to dropping the pair. However, the game Nashville clinched Carolina was guaranteed first in the division before playing and Nashville was a win-and-get-in game. The team's mindsets were on polar opposite spectrums, and Nashville still had to come out and win the game, and they did it. UC Soros was first in the NHL in goals against average and save percentages for goalies after February 27th. 1.88 goals against average and a 9.41 save percentage, respectively. The other key piece, why Nashville is in and Dallas isn't, and Chicago for that matter as well, is that Nashville is a team that had the above-average goaltending needed to get in. The team's MVP is absolutely Saros. He, after his return from injury, had a Vesna-worthy campaign. A lot will also be made about the team's next-up man because of injuries that littered this Nashville campaign. I don't discount them, nor do I consider them to be any more of a factor than Dallas's or Chicago's were over the course of this season. Some regulars getting hurt, with the exception of Philip Forsberg, Roman Yossi, and Ryan Ellis, 
did have understudies, as it were, come in and perform better than the injured players that ended up being out. If anything, the team other than the key names listed above, I would argue, benefited from some injuries in finding players who contributed and competed more to help the team's cause. Nashville is a rarity where the inserted player's contribution was often better than the players injured had been performing that they were replacing. To me, that's not an accomplishment. It's just how it played out in a positive way for Nashville. First and foremost, UC Saros backstopped this team in. Matthias Ekholm's value was appreciated more, and he was Nashville's most impactful D-man through the whole season, as he consistently is every year, but with Yossi and Ellis out, more people finally paid attention to it. The injuries allowed youngsters such as Ellie Tolan, Yakov Trenin in the lineup, Tanner Janot, defenseman Alex Carrier, and Jeremy Davies. They turned out to be better options to be playing than the players they replaced injured. Still, any way you cut it, Saros or Nashville's goalie needing to be above average for this team to win is a true statement. That can take a team quite far, and that's how this Nashville team is the focus team that is playoff-bound of the three that stayed in the Central this one-off season. As we take a final look at the team metrics heading into the playoffs, keep in mind as teams in other divisions continue to play and wrap up the regular season, the rankings are as of May 11th today after all the Central Division teams reach 56 games played. It's not a final league-wide ranking. Those may change. The hard numbers won't. Just the overall ranks can. Nashville's team metrics, they stayed 21st and goal scored at 2.7 per game. Nashville improved four spots to 12th in goals allowed at a 2.75 goals per game allowed. The power play went up a spot to 24th at a 17.6 success percentage. The penalty kill rank stayed 29th at a 75.4% kill success rate. The shots on goal against for Nashville is 31.3 per game. That has them ranked 24th overall. Nashville's useless factoid. With the 5-0 shutout win to end Nashville's regular season, it also put the team's goal differential to a plus 2 to end the season. Thus, Nashville avoided the rare distinction of being a playoff-bound team with a negative goal differential. Two teams still with games to play who are playoff-bound St. Louis in the West Division, Montreal in the North Division, may very well finish the regular season with minus goal differentials. Nashville won't. Thumbs up. This had a reserve parking sign with UC Saros's name on it for the rest of the season. However, the final one is for Nashville's first ballot Hall of Fame goalie Pecorene, who picked up his 369 career win, a shutout, tying him with Tom Barrasso for 19th all-time NHL history in wins. He had to make 30 saves. The 38-year-old, although he didn't have the in-your-prime Vesna season this year that his teammate for the first time Sarles enjoyed this season, we can acknowledge Rene had quite a number of those Vesna-caliber campaigns in his career. Rene did have a respectable season, a 9.07 save percentage and a 2.84 goals against average. That reflected he also had a bounce-back year from a year ago. 
thumbs down Matt DeShane with two goals in the last game should be in the thumbs up, right? Absolutely no way. A game with nothing on the line, he gets a pair, and yeah, that's great to head into the postseason. However, let's put it in perspective. That gave him six goals for the entire regular season in 34 games played. He had another two-goal game early on in the season. So basically, DeShane scored in four games for Nashville in the 34 he played in. My advice to DeShane is that he might want to match that six-goal regular season output in the first-round series versus Carolina. I plan to put the latest injury updates in the planned playoff Nashville-Carolina preview when we look at those teams playing off in depth. Going to take a quick break and look at how Dallas and Chicago's regular seasons unfolded when we return with more on Central Division Hockey, the podcast this week in our Discover a Central edition. How would you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want? I'll have an old-fashioned. I'll have a margarita. Now you can with the Bartesian Home Cocktail Maker. Bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button. Choose from over 50 different cocktails, from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today. You'll always get freshly mixed, perfectly balanced cocktails with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. And now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever at bartesian.com holiday. Entertaining? The Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever. It's available right now, only at bartesian.com holiday. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot slash holiday for Bartesian's best deal ever. Only at bartesian.com holiday. Welcome back to Central Division Hockey, the podcast this week in our Discover Central edition. I'm your host, Tim Bigelow. We move on to Dallas this week. Dallas went 2-2-2 and lost in overtime head-to-head with Nashville to fall short in their playoff bid. Here's Dallas's final expanded Discover Central Division look. Dallas, 536-point percentage, finished fifth since the last podcast, 2-2-2. Two, two two. Overall, 23-19-14, 56 games played, 60 points, 158 goals for, 154 goals against for a plus-four goal differential. Dallas falls in overtime in Nashville, making their push to the playoffs a tougher road to complete. Let's recap the score. Saturday, May 1st, Nashville won Dallas nothing in overtime in Nashville. The game summary is in the Nashville segment. Dallas game perspective to share what I said earlier the goaltenders for both teams were the game stars and Nashville's UC Saros didn't allow a goal in a game that needed extra time five of the eight meetings between the teams did require extra time this season UC Saros outdueled Anton Hudobin who in allowing one goal against made more saves in quite honestly and instantly to be Central Division Classic that you didn't want either team to lose. But I know for sure I didn't want it decided in a shootout. Dallas couldn't find a way to beat Soros. It certainly wasn't because they didn't have enough chances or the full effort trying to. Dallas continued to at least bank a point and keep their playoff hopes alive against 
top-tier playoff bound Florida. Let's look at the game summary. Monday, May 3rd, a 5-4 overtime loss at Florida. 30 seconds into the first, Dallas's Yol Kiviranta off the rush rings the short side post from the dot. 153 in, Florida goal 2-on-1, forehand backhand driving cross crease and tuck past Dallas goalie Anton Udobin. 217 in, Dallas's Kiviranta tries to jam a loose puck in at the top of the paint, but is stopped by Florida goalie Spencer Knight. 224 in, Dallas goalie Hudobin pad save on a partial Florida breakaway. 242, Florida goal on a Dallas defensive zone turnover, point shot rebound, skate to stick, put back hand from the top of the crease. 304 in, Dallas goalie Hudobin gets a glove to deflect a shot on goal by Florida from the slot up the middle. Just 32 seconds later, Dallas's Blake Coma and Florida's Radko Gutis get five for fighting. 10.48 left, Dallas goalie Hudobin gets a shoulder to put the puck on the top of the goal netting, making a slot save. 7.56 left, Dallas power play goal by power play Joe Pavelski. Down low on the Florida goal line, Pavelski curls to the net front and puts the puck far side roof. 5.47 left, Florida goal off the rush. Florida defenseman joins and from center slot beats Dallas goalie Hudobin over the pad on under the blocker. 244 left Dallas off the forecheck. Get a gift as Florida D pass under pressure. Goes off the D partner stick and into the net five hole. Jason Robertson credited with the Dallas goal. At one point, Rope Hints had been credited with it as well. It's Robertson's in the end. 3 2 Florida after one. 45 seconds into the second Florida goal. High slot wrister, glove side ends Dallas goalie Hudobin's night. Four goal against. 11 saves in just over a period of play. Dallas goalie Jake Oninger comes on in relief. 10.51 left, Dallas goalie Oninger pad save on the Florida rush. 6.58 left, Dallas's Tyler Sagan's one-timer from the dot is denied. Sagan playing in his first game of the season. 6.27 left, Dallas's Miro Haskinen's net front deflection is stopped. 5.21 left, Dallas's Andrew Cogliano off the rush can't score. 4.45 left, Dallas goalie Oninger makes a big slot save and makes another save on a Florida in close with 3.28 left. 4-2 Florida through two. 3.55 into the third, Yol Kiviranta off the rush puts a wrister far side lifted for a Dallas goal. 11 seconds later, Dallas goal by Sagan, his first of the year. A point shot deflection rebound, backhander as Sagan is falling away net front. Eight minutes in, Dallas's Jason Robertson's defensive stick in the Dallas crease as saves a sure Florida goal from going into the Dallas net. Four all after three, needing the fourth period, OT. 2-0-2 into overtime, Dallas goalie Oninger's glove stop on a Florida backhand on a breakaway. 2-21 in, Dallas's Pavelski takes a hooking penalty. 2-40 in, Dallas goalie Oninger stops Florida's Alexander Barkoff's blast from the dot short side on the Florida power play. 2-50 in, 10 seconds later, Florida's Barkoff gets the overtime power play game-winning goal from the dot with a far side top shelf missile. 43-29 shots Florida. Dallas one for two. Florida one for four with the power play. Dallas goalie Ottinger one goal against 27 saves and is tagged with the overtime loss for giving up the game winning goal in overtime. Dallas game perspective first. He only had, shall we say, a few off nights in net this season, but Dallas goalie Anton Hudobin did in this one. Florida is a great team. Still four goals against on 15 shots on goal. Put Dallas behind two goals, 242 into the game. Two minutes, nine seconds after Dallas had made it a one goal game. And Dallas was down two a third time, 45 seconds into the second. 
on Hudobin's fourth goal against. Dallas put up four goals to force overtime. They didn't start getting key saves till Jake Oninger came on in relief. It was too much to come back from. Dallas continues their road trip by heading into Tampa Bay where they had struggled. Dallas's lone win versus Tampa Bay this season was in Dallas. Dallas needed to at least win a game to keep their playoff hopes alive. Dallas did, grabbing a split in Tampa Bay. Let's look at the game summaries. Wednesday made a fifth, a 6-2 loss at Tampa Bay. 2-14 into the first Tampa Bay goal from the high slot. Put low glove on a broken play on a Tampa Bay rush that beats Dallas goalie Jake Oninger. 7-50 in, Dallas Radic Faxa's rebound chance stopped by Tampa Bay goalie Andre Vasileski after Dallas defenseman Jamie Oleksiak put a band angle shot on goal from the Tampa Bay goal line to create the good net front rebound chance. Nine minutes in, Dallas's Tyler Sagan has stopped point blank off the cycle in the slot. 9.48 left, Tampa Bay's Mikhail Sergachev gets two minutes for an illegal check-to-the-head penalty as he blindsides Dallas's Jason Robertson with a late hit in the neutral zone. He should have been tossed from the game. Two-minute penalty, and if you wonder why they're still fighting in hockey, is to address what the officiating doesn't. 27 seconds left. Dallas chips a puck off the glass to Joe Pavelski. He gets it to the net run for a Dallas goal by Tyler Sagan, who puts in a one-touch lifted short side goal. 1-1 after 1. 12-03 into the second. Dallas's Dennis Gurionov takes a delay of game penalty. Dallas kill off the Tampa Bay shotless power play with three key block shots. Tampa Bay do make Dallas Bay shorthanded. Tampa Bay power play goal with 321 left on a pinpoint passing play from the point to the dot to the top of the crease for a tap in past Dallas goalie Ottinger's pad. 38 seconds left, Tampa Bay stopped on a chance in the paint. 14 seconds left, Tampa Bay goal as the Tampa Bay players avoids Dallas goalie Ottinger's post check and goes backhand after a Dallas defensive zone turnover. 3-1 Tampa Bay through 2. 2-13 into the third, Dallas's Pavelski tips Robertson's pass set up like the Tampa Bay power play goal from the period earlier. But the puck this time goes off the post. 9-16 left Dallas goal. Andre Sekera's point blast is deflected off a Tampa Bay player and beats Tampa Bay goalie Vasilevsky far side under his pad five hole. 8-26 left Tampa Bay goal as a point shot goes in over Dallas goalie Oninger's pad far side through a net front screen. With 3-13 and again 53 seconds left, Tampa Bay add empty net goals to win 6-2. 22-20 shots for Dallas. Dallas 0 for 2, Tampa Bay 1 for 4 with the power play. Dallas goalie Oninger, 4 goals against, 14 saves in the loss. Friday made a 7th, a 5-2 win at Tampa Bay. 5-50 into the first, Dallas opened the scoring off the cycle. Point shot is deflected net front by Jamie Alexiak. He gets his rebound and buries it blocker side past Tampa Bay goalie Curtis McElhinney. 11-36 left, Dallas's Blake Como off a defensive zone turnover with a chance of rebound net side is stopped. 3-0-2 left, Tampa Bay on the power play hit the crossbar. 1-0 Dallas after 1. 5-17 into the second, Dallas goal. Joe Pavelski out of the penalty box gets a breakaway and puts a backhander just under the glove, glove side. 8.43 in Dallas's Jason Robertson's wrister in the slot of stop and 9.40 left Dallas's Como's stopped net front. 8.49 left Tampa Bay goal as they get behind the Dallas D for a breakaway. 
and a forehand put over the pad under the blocker on Dallas Goy and on Dobin. 7.04 left, Dallas' Pavelski spins and fires off Dallas' face-off win, but he stopped. 6.55 left, Dallas' Rope hints, wins a puck battle below the goal line, passes to Pavelski for his second of the game for a slot wrister. Dallas goal lifted glove side. 4.03 left, Dallas' Robertson stopped on a breakaway by Tampa Bay goalie McElhinney's pad save. Yol Kiviranta chips a puck from the sidewall in the neutral zone to spring Rope hints full speed at the Tampa Bay blue line for a breakaway Dallas goal. Hints goes roof glove with 15 seconds left. 4-1 Dallas through two. 349 into the third Dallas goal. Kiviranta goes to the net and chips the rebound on a point shot under the glove along the ice in a net front scramble. 758 in with Dallas on a delayed penalty call. Tampa Bay from center ice dump the puck that is mishandled by Dallas goalie Hudobin and trickles past him before he recovers and stops the play. 829 in Tampa Bay power play goal as Tampa Bay win a puck battle below the goal line, make a backdoor pass for a one-timer blocker side left to goal. 654 left, Dallas's Kiviranta in the slot, rings the short side post as Dallas win 5-2. 31-27 shots, Dallas. Dallas 0-1, Tampa Bay 1-4 with the power play. Dallas goalie Hudobin, two goals against, 25 saves in the win. Dallas game set perspective. In the Wednesday 6-2 loss, the second period was the difference. Dallas took two penalties and they had one big kill, followed by another penalty they couldn't kill off. Add the late period goal in the second and Dallas was down 3-1 to one after two. The power plays also effectively gave momentum to Tampa Bay and didn't allow Dallas to play the second period 5-on-5 five five to be able to generate more than four shots on goal and against a former Vesna Trophy winner, if you want to win, you're going to have to generate more. Take away one of the Tampa Bay goals, either the power play goal or the late minute one, and it's at least a one goal game going into the third, and that might have changed the outcome. The Friday 5-2 win, Dallas generated more quality chances and was rewarded. It was a must-win game for Dallas, and the team played like it. Now, I was prepared to hear grumbling from Nashville fans that Tampa Bay helped out Dallas by starting backup goalie Curtis McElhinney. Nashville, of course, made the playoffs, so it didn't turn out to be a thing. Here's the thing. Tampa Bay goalie McElhinney started one of the eight games played between Dallas and Tampa Bay. He was 1-2-0 in the three of the eight games played. He started versus Nashville. So Nashville wouldn't have been able to talk about who Tampa Bay played in net for that exact reason. And Dallas's play against Tampa Bay generated more offense in the 5-2 win. Would Vasilevsky stop more of those goals? Is irrelevant as Tampa Bay chose to play their backup who didn't stop them. Between the Friday Tampa Bay win and Dallas playing the final two games back-to-back in Chicago, Nashville clinched the fourth and final playoff spot. Dallas was eliminated before their split with Chicago. It also marked Chicago's first home games with limited fans allowed to attend. Here's the game summaries of those two games. Sunday, May 9th, Chicago 4, Dallas 2 in Chicago. 6.23 into the first, Chicago 3-on-2. Mike Hardman to McKenzie and Twistle for his first NHL goal. A net side tap as he goes to the paint past Dallas goalie Anton Udobin. 9.40 in, Dallas goal off the forecheck. Dennis Gurionov puts it off Chicago goalie Lankinen and in after Ben gets the puck thrown across to him. 9.29 left, Chicago goal Brandon Hagel off the rush, forehand off the crossbar, and the puck has enough English to fall 
into the net. 255 left Dallas's Jason Dickinson's deflection on a point shot is stopped. 136 left Chicago power play goal. Patrick Kane's high slot pass to Alex Debrinkit from the dot for a one-timer short side through a Chicago defender and pass Dallas goalie Hudobin. 3-1 after one. 347 into the second, Dallas's Miro Hasunen from the circle's wrister is stopped by Chicago goalie Lankinen through a bend screen at the top of the crease. 540 in, Dallas's Mark Pesek is stopped net front. 625 in, Chicago's Vinny Hinestroza is denied short side in a scoreless second. Score remains 3-1 Chicago through 2. 216 into the third, Dallas goal. Pesek on the net side rebound after Radic Fax's slot shot stopped by a shoulder save by Chicago goalie Lankinen. 438 in Chicago's David Kampf crosses the net front, but he can't lift the forehand over Dallas goalie Hudobin's pad. 624 in Chicago's Debrinkit forehand stopped on a three on two power play chance back door with a save and rebound made by Dallas goalie Hudobin. 312 left Chicago goal Debrinkit get his second of the game, batting the puck into the net off the pad rebound on a shot on goal by Puce Suter. 110 left Dallas's Ben hits a short side post and is stopped on another other short side chance in close chicago hold on for a 4-2 win 39 25 shots dallas chicago one for two on the power play dallas no power plays chicago goalie lincoln in two goals against 37 saves for the win dallas goalie hudobin four goals against 21 saves in the loss monday may the 10th dallas five chicago four in overtime in Chicago. 13 seconds into the first, Dallas's Amiro Haskinen rings the post with a point shot. 53 seconds in, Chicago goal, Alex Debrinkit off a neutral zone Dallas turnover, gets a breakaway to put a backhander bar down to open the scoring on Dallas goalie Jake Oninger. 122 in, Chicago goal off the cycle, P.U. Suter from the circle goes short side lifted. Chicago, two shots on goal, two goals. 7.51 in, Dallas crashed the Chicago net but can't jam the loose puck in. 9.59 left, Chicago's Riley Stillman from the top of the circle wires it off the far side post. 9.09 left, Dallas's Tanner Carroll point blank is stopped by Chicago goalie Colin Dillia with a shoulder save. 4.30 left, Dallas goal as John Klingberg from the hash marks on the side wall boards makes a cross seam backdoor pass to Joe Pavelski for the tap-in 2-1 Chicago after 1. 51 seconds into the second, Dallas's Andrew Cogliano stopped that side. 7.58 in Dallas's Mark Pesic stopped in the slot. A 10 left Chicago's David Comp backhand is stopped on a partial breakaway. 340 left Dallas's Haskinens from the low circle hits the far side post that again leads to a Chicago goal with 322 left as Chicago's Dylan Strom finishes a given go 2-1-0 with Vinny Hinestroza going forehand short side roof. 306 left Dallas's Jason Robertson is stopped in the slot. Chicago's Hinestroza gets a penalty six seconds left in the period. With two seconds left, four seconds into the Dallas power play, Haskinen from the circle goes far side top corner. 3-2 Chicago through two. 537 into the third, Chicago's Debrinkit's one-timer power play shot is stopped. 8-18 in Chicago goal as Hindestroza puts a backhand five-hole on a partial breakaway. 10-24 in Dallas's Yol Kiviranta drives the net for a Dallas goal. Forehand put blocker side in. 7-42 left off the Dallas forecheck. Robertson's pass to Pavelski skips past him, but Jason Dickinson following further back in the offensive zone puts it in short side for the Dallas game tying goal. Seven minutes left. Dallas's Haskinen's shot goes off Chicago goalie Delia's glove and off the post. Chicago does not go down the ice to score a goal, but 
everyone was thinking about it. 21 seconds left Dallas's erratic Faxa gets a four-minute high stick penalty. Chicago's Brandon Hagel stopped at the buzzer in the paint. 4-4 after three, needing the fourth period OT. Chicago continues on a four-on-three power play in the overtime frame. 2-15 in Chicago's Canes high slot shot rings the short side post and Dallas killed the penalty off. Teams begin playing three-on-three in the overtime. Dallas create a two-on-one. Jamie Benn's shot is stopped. The rebound has a puck laying in the crease where it's tapped in on a backhand by Robertson for the overtime game-winning goal and a 5-4 overtime win for Dallas with 30 seconds left in the five-minute overtime. 50-23 shots for Dallas. Dallas won for three. Chicago 0 for four with the power play. Dallas goalie Oninger, four goals against, 19 saves for the overtime win. Chicago goalie Delia, five goals against, 45 saves for the overtime loss. Dallas game set perspective. Sunday's 4-2 loss. Dallas knew it was eliminated prior to the game. While Chicago was playing for the first time in front of fans this season, the 3-1 score after 20 minutes is what that set of circumstances in combination would logically provide. I watched the Chicago coverage for Sunday's game and went with Dallas's coverage for the Monday game. In Monday's 5-4 overtime win, Dallas color commentator summed it up on Dallas getting down early, saying lots of time left in the game, and Chicago allows more than three goals against on average a game. Dallas kept the shots coming, and Chicago's goalie Delia let in enough for Dallas to win summer beauty league hockey at its finest. Dallas's overall analysis. I said the last head-to-head to me was an absolute must-win from a Dallas perspective, and it needed to be in regulation against Nashville. If you haven't just skipped to the Dallas segment, you know, point-wise, Dallas actually had more points than Nashville in the head-to-head series this year. Nashville also owned the extra point through the regular season series between the teams. Dallas, for sure, left a lot of extra points in overtime shootout loss games, finishing with 14 total, five of them to Nashville. It's to say it was a cumulative effect of all those missed points, not specifically Nashville. That has Dallas outside looking in. That, the final meeting between Nashville and Dallas, kept the trend for Nashville getting an overtime win, made the path for Dallas too much to overcome. While I was sorting out the West Division and looking at expected wins with St. Louis and Arizona in the other half of this year's podcast editions, I was given a crash course in expected wins being such a fool's errand. Likewise, Carolina having clinched top spot was less worried of playing Dallas or Nashville and probably more interested in resting some guys playing banged up once their seeding was set as the top team. Meanwhile, Dallas had seven road games to finish out the most condensed schedule because of the late season start because of COVID and the in-season postponement due to the state of emergency storm in Texas additionally. The fact the team was in a playoff race as late into the season as they were is almost an accomplishment in of itself. Again, not trying to wrap up Dallas's season. It's to say Dallas played 56 games played in 108 days. 
the last 44 in 77 days. The conclusion of that we are looking at. So that's a perspective deserving of what this team was up against. They picked up the key OT point versus Florida, but that game got away from them early. And it was more where the expected two points could come from, given how well Tampa had played against Dallas all season. This Dallas team was now needing to find points against Tampa Bay to bridge the points back even because they lost to Nashville in overtime and they also couldn't beat Florida in a regulation win. And that was even with Nashville splitting with Columbus. And Dallas did get the split with Tampa Bay but they almost had to win both of them. It was possible that Carolina would finish strong to beat Nashville to end a regular season. It's not Carolina's responsibility sitting in first place to do that. They need to do what's best for their group for what they hope is a long playoff run. They also may have preferred their chances in the first round against Nashville than a Dallas team who did go to the Stanley Cup Finals a year ago. However, once Carolina had a lock on first in the Discover Central, Nashville's path that required winning in Carolina allowed for it, and Dallas having left it up for another team to help them out to get into the playoffs when they entered the Chicago set, it's simply to say Dallas wasn't able to do enough to keep their playoff fate in their own hands. Chicago getting to finish at home in front of fans for the first time probably had a bit more jump in the legs in the final two that Dallas walked away with a split from to finish this season out. I look back at the four points, two in the first road game versus Detroit and the last home game versus Carolina as games that Dallas as a team probably needed to get points in to be in a better position to win than games against the defending champs Tampa Bay on the road. If those had been additional wins, those Detroit and that last home game against Carolina, there's four points that Dallas could have won that last game head-to-head against Nashville, then Dallas may have had enough points that the games in Chicago may have been played differently because they would have had a bearing on who was playoff bound. Nashville's formula that, if you listen to the podcast, held that they required above average goaltending. And to be clear, save for some sparing moments, Dallas, to me, and the team's defensive numbers were good throughout this season. Nashville, more than Dallas, needed above average goaltending. However, Nashville got it and found the points. Think about it. Hudobin gives up a goal in a one nothing overtime loss, while Saros didn't allow any. That isn't bad goaltending from Hudobin. It's just Nashville getting above average goaltending. And in combination with this gauntlet of a condensed schedule, had Dallas fall short. Interestingly, it made me think of last year's playoff bubble when Dallas won over Colorado in seven games of the focus teams. You can go listen to that recap of that playoff series. To summarize what happened between Dallas and Colorado in that seven-game series, I have this kind of awe moment where I simply look at the available bodies Colorado has left by Game 7 and say Dallas is healthier to have a shot at getting to the finals that the right team won this. It's not liking Dallas or Colorado more or liking another team less. It really was looking at who was better positioned at that moment to challenge Vegas best at that time. And for Dallas, that worked out pretty good. 
given how similar Carolina and Dallas play, I really actually wanted to see that playoff series. However, maybe Nashville is the team that is best positioned to challenge a really good Carolina team, more so than Dallas after this exceptionally condensed schedule they've been playing under would have been. Think, Tyler Sagan came back, but he didn't play the Chicago games because Dallas knew they were out. How far away was Sagan truly from 100% in the games he did play and was impactful in? Dallas finished the only Central Division team with a positive goal differential at plus four that did not make the playoffs. It was plus two better than Nashville who did in that race for fourth. A reminder, the hard numbers are final. The ranking league-wides are not as teams in other divisions are still playing games as we move to look at the team metrics. The goals allowed for Dallas finishes at 2.64. That's currently eighth. And the power play at 23.5% success is fifth. Both could finish top 10 metrics in the NHL, most likely. Dallas remains 18th with 2.79 goals scored per game. The penalty kill ranks 19th at 79.1% kill rate. They also, Dallas, have the third fewest shots on goals allowed per game at 27.1. The inverse special team power play to goals scored and goals allowed to penalty kill metrics defy logic. I may spend my summer trying to solve that mystery. I may spend my summer on a beach not trying to. Dallas's useless factoid, 2-3-2 two, and two in the final seven-game road trip for Dallas, had them finish 10-12-6 for the year on the road. Doing a division split of the playoff teams versus non-playoff teams using the road records. The four teams that were 500 or better on the road in the Discover Central made the playoffs. The four teams that were under 500 on the road missed them. Thumbs up, Tyler Sagan's return to play three games until Nashville's win over Carolina shut down Dallas's chances prior to the Chicago games that Sagan, for obvious reasons, did not play. He scored a goal in each of the first two games back, his time on ice for the three games played. 17 minutes, 9 seconds, 18 minutes, and 16 minutes and 4 seconds. That's an average time on ice for the three games at 17 minutes, 4 seconds. His game-tying goal in the 5-4 overtime loss to Florida to force overtime was exactly 250 days since his last goal. Hopefully, he will be ready for the start of next season, and the days between goals is way less than these two were. Thumbs down to the NHL schedule department. They didn't readjust the Central Division schedule to extend those teams after both the West and North Divisions required the additional time and it was put into the schedule. They could have found a way to not have the Discover Central end as early as well and give the teams a few more days between games. Going to take a quick break and look at Chicago when we return with more on Central Division Hockey, the podcast this week in our Discover Central edition. How would you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want? I'll have an old-fashioned. I'll have a margarita. Now you can with the Bartesian Home Cocktail Maker. Bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button. Choose from over 50 different cocktails, from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today. You'll always get freshly mixed, perfectly balanced cocktails with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. And now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever at bartesian.com slash holiday. Entertaining? 
The Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever. It's available right now. Only at Bartesian.com slash holiday. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com slash holiday for Bartesian's best deal ever. Only at Bartesian.com slash holiday. Welcome back to Central Division Hockey, the podcast this week in our Discover Central edition. I'm your host, Tim Bigelow. We finished looking at the Discover Central with Chicago, who went 2-3-1 and one to finish the regular season. Here's the expanded look at where Chicago finished in the Discover Central division standings this year. Chicago, 491 point percentage, 6 since the last podcast, 2-3-1. Overall, 24-25-7, 56 games played, 55 points, 161 goals for, 186 goals against, a minus 25 goal differential. Chicago ended up on the losing end of a shooter's game in Florida. Saturday made the first 5-4 loss at Florida. 325 into the first, Chicago's Patrick Kane stopped on a slot chance by Florida goalie Sergei Bobrovsky. 334 in Florida, 3-on-2 chance stopped by Chicago goalie Kevin Lankinen. 430 in Florida, short side chance stopped. 608 in Chicago's Dylan Strom stopped in the slot. 754 in Florida goal on a individual effort by Anthony Duclair. He goes around the net, wins the puck, in a board battle to keep it and go to the top of the circle and score far side over the pad under the blocker. 9.51 left, Chicago's Adam Godet hits the short side post off the rush. 6.13 left, Florida rush and shot on goal, draw Chicago penalty. 3.12 left, Chicago's Dominique Kubalik in close. Backhand is stopped on a 3-on-2 rush. one nothing Florida after 1. 2.30 into the second, Florida goal. Puck is kept in at the Chicago blue line, chipped down low, and with room to drive to the net, it is put five-hole backhand, exploiting bad Chicago D coverage. 9.01 left, Florida 2-on-1 is stopped. 4.41 left, Chicago goal. Connor Murphy point shot through Gaudette's net front screen goes in glove side. 52 seconds later, Chicago goal. Alex Debrinkett goes glove side from the slot after Gaudette flies up the wing on a bad Florida line change, creating the Chicago 3-on-2. Seven seconds left. Florida goal, 2-on-1, short side bar down. 3-2, Florida through 2. 28 seconds into the third. Florida goal, declares second of the game. He goes wide and tucks it short side in alone off the rush. 31 seconds later, Florida goal off the forecheck. Picked off Chicago back pass as Chicago tries to relieve defensive zone pressure. Florida puts it to the net front into the slot and in blocker side on Chicago goalie Lankinen. 7.32 left Chicago power play goal. Off the rush Kirby Dock deflects a pass into the short side top corner and net front on a second effort pass by Philip Kurashev. 18 seconds left 6 on 5 with Chicago goalie pulled. Kubalik is stopped short side top corner off a cross seam pass from Kane to the circle. 5-4 win. Florida, 42-35 shots. Florida, Chicago 2-4-4. for four. Florida 0-1 for on the power play. Chicago goalie Lincoln in 5 goals against, 37 saves in the loss. Chicago game perspective. There are plenty of examples of this type of Chicago game this year. Lots of goals for both teams, but also where Chicago doesn't get enough big saves in that that they walk away without any points from the game either. Another prime example is this game. Fun for all the odd man rushes and the open ice. Considering Florida had goalie Roboski in net, who has had an off year, it's too bad Chicago didn't score enough goals to win this game. I mean, when 
four goals isn't enough to do it, right? Chicago go 1-2-0 and two and oh in a three-game set in Carolina, considering how good Carolina is. That was better than the expected outcome. Here's the game summaries. Monday, May 3rd, 5-2 loss at Carolina. 6-33 into the first. Carolina opened the scoring below the goal line in the corner with a shot and goal that Chicago goalie Malcolm Subin has deflect off his goal stick and go in five hole. 6-26 left. Carolina goal. Point shot through. Net front traffic goes in blocker side. 2-0 Carolina after one. 4-42 into the second. Carolina goal. Two on one. Net side tap. Forehand is tapped in short side lifted by Sebastian. Ashton Aho, 9.52 in Carolina power play goal. Net front tip by Aho for his second of the game to the short side top shelf on a point pass. And Chicago goalie Subin's night. Four goals against, 14 saves. Chicago goalie Colin Delia comes in relief. 8.14 left Chicago goal. Philip Kershev puts a rebound in as Carolina defense pushed Pius Suter into the net. And therefore, it's no goal. 4.54 left Carolina breakaway and rebound saved by Chicago goalie Delia. 1.25 left Chicago goal. Ian Mitchell on a deep pinch wires it far side shelf from the dot on a setup by Dylan Strom from behind the net. 15 seconds left Carolina goal. Goalie Alex Nedeljkovic poke checks on Chicago's Kurashev net front to prevent a goal. 4-1 Carolina through two. 4-29 into the third. Carolina two-on-one shorthanded. Chicago goalie Delia makes a shoulder save. 7-15 left. Chicago goalie Delia net front save. 5-22 left. Chicago goal. Alex Debrinket off a stretch pass. He is able to get past the Carolina defender along the sidewall and drive across the crease to score glove side. 2-25 left. Chicago's Debrinket just fires it wide on a breakaway. 16 seconds left. Carolina empty net goal by Aho for his hat trick and a Carolina 5-2 win. Carolina 38-17 shot. Chicago for three. Carolina one for three with the power play. Chicago goalie Delia made 19 saves in relief without allowing a goal. Tuesday, May the 4th, a 6-3 loss at Carolina. 6-20 in. Chicago's Alex Dabrinkit creates a turnover in the Chicago defensive zone on Carolina and blows the zone for a breakaway and goes rooftop shelf glove side for a shorthanded goal to open scoring. 12.58 in. Chicago goalie Colindelia makes three saves in the paint on a Carolina power play. 7.28 left. Chicago goal off the rush. McKenzie and Twistle off the wing from the circle. Puts it off the pad of Carolina goalie Peter Mrazek and Mike Hardman going to the net. Puts the rebound roof for his first NHL goal. 6.29 left. Chicago's piece suitor stopped on a 2-on-1 keep by a pad save. 2-0 Chicago after one. 4.32 into the second. Carolina goal off the cycle from behind the net. Carolina tries the lacrosse move. Then the player goes to the net side to pass across the paint for a tap-in past Chicago goalie Delia. 5.21 in Chicago's Hardman off a face-off draw win in the slot is stopped. 8.50 left Carolina have a 5-on-3 man advantage. 7.26 left Chicago goalie Delia short side pad save on the Carolina power play. 7 minutes left Chicago's Suter shorthanded breakaway is stopped. Chicago kill off a minute 33 of the Carolina 5-on-3. 4-0-4 left Carolina goal. Point shot through traffic and deflected on route by a Chicago player. 3-27 left Carolina D. Jacob Slavin blocks Chicago's Brandon Hagel's sure goal to an otherwise open net. Two all through two. 249 into the third. Two on one Carolina stop by Chicago goalie Delia. 408 Carolina goal partial breakaway that has a delayed penalty coming to Chicago but the puck is still put backhand top shelf glove side as the Carolina player gets enough separation to score. 
7-19 in Carolina goal off the Russ, a short backhand pass in the slot for a one-timer lifted blocker side. 8.08 left, Chicago goalie to Brinkett's second of the game. Coming on a line change, he gets a back pass from Patrick Kane, and from distance above the circle, to Brinkett puts it in through a net front screen short side glove. 2.37 left, Chicago playing six on four with the power play have a point shot blocks and carolina player from his side of center ice scores an empty net shorthanded goal 131 left carolina adds another empty net goal six on five from chicago's blue line on a breakaway for a 6-3 carolina final 30 28 shots chicago both teams 0 for 3 on the power play. Both teams score shorthanded goals. Chicago goalie Delia, 4 goals against, 22 saves in the loss. Thursday, May the 6th, a 2-1 overtime win at Carolina. 106 into the first Carolina tip shot put off the post. 148 in, Chicago goalie Colin Delia makes his first big stop of the game. 326 in, Chicago goalie Delia with a blocker slot save. 706 in, Chicago 2-on-1, Brandon Hagel to Alex Debrinkett. He can't tuck in the backhand and the puck goes instead to the corner 814 in chicago's adam donnett net front tip is denied by carolina goalie peter morazic 949 in carolina short and a goal chicago's duncan keith ends up having his head go into the linesman at the carolina blue line trying to keep the puck in on a chicago power play the accidental contact with the linesman who was trying to avoid creates a carolina 2-0 keep backhand put blocker side to open the scoring 904 left mckenzie and twistles backhand is stopped on a partial breakaway 820 Seven Carolina goalie Morazic's glove save on Riley Stillman on a three-on-one for Chicago. 3.33 left, Chicago's Philip Kershev's a slot shot is stopped. 2.19 left, Chicago goalie Dahlia makes a shoulder save. one nothing Carolina after one. Duncan Keith does not return for the game after the first. 15 seconds into the second, Chicago's Hagel's backhand is stopped and close. 2.47 in, Chicago's Kubalik slot shot and rebound is stopped. 7.55 in, Chicago's Debrinket shorthand can't tuck it in as he loses the handle on a breakaway. 4.57 left Chicago's Hegel in the slot short side chance. Blocker save is made by Carolina goalie Morazic. 4.40 left, 3-on-2 Carolina rush. Chicago goalie Delia stops that. 3.34 left, Patrick Kane off the rush, puts it off the far side post. 3.05 left, Carolina tip forces Chicago Delia to make a big save. 2.30 left, Chicago's Brent Connolly goes down at the Chicago blue line, caught in the tracks on incidental hit that ended his night. Chicago's Kane stopped short side at the buzzer in a scoreless second. Carolina holds the 1-0 lead through 2. 7-14 in Chicago's David Comp in close. Tries short side and is stuffed by Carolina goalie Morazic on a Chicago 2-on-1. 5-0-7 left. Chicago goalie Delia makes a pat save on Carolina alone in the slot. 3-0-1 left. Chicago goal. Stillman's first NHL goal as he tips a point shot wrister by Pius Suter short side. 1-19 left. A wraparound by Chicago's Khrushchev is stopped. One all at the end of three, needing overtime. 2.02 into overtime, Chicago's Alex Debrinkett waits for Chicago to get onside. He then enters the Carolina offensive zone on the rush, and his wrister from the slot, one-on-one, goes a blocker side in for the overtime game-winning goal and a Chicago 2-1 overtime win. Shots, 37-27 Carolina. Both teams over one on the power play. Carolina with a shorthanded goal. Chicago goalie Delia, one goal against. 36 saves for the overtime win. 
Chicago's three-game set perspective. Monday's 5-2 loss, you can accurately say Chicago goalie Malcolm Subban had a rough start, and it was 4-1 after two. You can also say Carolina had a 2-1 shot advantage for the whole game. So it wasn't just the goaltending. It was a complete game by Carolina, aided by Chicago's big issue this year, their netminding. Tuesday's 6-3 loss, Chicago played a great first period. They needed to take advantage of Carolina's slow start even more than just a two-goal lead as it was tied at two after two and Carolina took over in the third. Thursday's 2-1 overtime win was a great performance by goalie Colin Delia who made 36 saves and Carolina's goalie Peter Morazic was nearly as good however in a less shot workload. It represents one of the rare times Chicago had a goalie this season help Chicago win a game they probably shouldn't have won. Chicago finished the season at home picking up three of a possible four points to finish the season against Dallas. To recap the scores, Sunday, May 9th, Chicago 4, Dallas 2 in Chicago. Monday, May the 10th, Dallas 5, Chicago 4, overtime in Chicago. Game summaries, of course, in the Dallas segment. Chicago's game set perspective. To simply reword what I said earlier in Sunday's 4-2 win, Chicago was playing for the first time in front of fans this season, while Dallas knew it was eliminated from the playoffs prior to the game. The 3-1 score after 20 minutes is what that set of circumstances in combination would logically provide. Monday's 5-4 overtime loss was played like summer beauty league hockey, and it was to be expected. Chicago's goalie, Dahlia in this case, well, he did face more than double the shots on goal as his counterpart, and he He also let in more goals. It simply resulted in Chicago falling short because of that. And it's symbolic of the season overall. Chicago's overall analysis. To be fair, I can't even pinpoint where Chicago was officially eliminated in this stretch. Pretty sure it was the first or the second game in the three set with Carolina that until the 2-1 overtime win ended a six-game losing streak for Chicago. The highlight was Chicago in this set of games getting to play the last two games of the season in front of some fans at home. The last U.S. team to get the opportunity to do that this NHL season. With both Dallas and Chicago knowing they were eliminated by that point the boost of the fans in attendance probably was the extra energy for Chicago to pick up three of the four possible points to end a season they started off really good in both those games as well even in the prior podcast the reality that jumping Dallas and catching Nashville was pretty much not in the cards for Chicago this season was a reality I'm not trying to do a year-end look with any of the teams in this podcast and that's difficult to not draw back on at this exact moment and essentially end up starting to do it I will do that for the focus team soon enough it's just I think this end of a schedule for Chicago was already a process of looking ahead giving even more opportunities to even more rookies on a team that this year did it well in overload Simply, I'm still trying to unpack how much I think Chicago used the NHL this season with their team as a development league. In this set of games, we can add NHL first goals for McKenzie and Twistle, Mike Hardman, and 
Riley Stillman. I almost want to double check those game summaries just in case I missed someone. I also said last week in the game summaries that the goaltending was the team's biggest concern this year. And well, goalie Colin Delia reappeared almost right around the point Chicago was officially eliminated to play some more games after a forgettable start to the year. And literally being most likely found on a milk carton missing person PSA until then he reappeared. I can appreciate he had one good start for his entire campaign in very limited starts. And all that left me was thinking, but with no pressure of the games left having meaning to a playoff race or any importance being absolutely removed, it tells me nothing of how he will perform in a game that has those requirements attached. Again, the rookie bright spots were as a collective overall contribution, not specifically one player that really stood out. And as Chicago fell out of contention, the pressure did as well. This isn't the time to packet chicago finished two three and one over the last six they were three six and one over the last 10 for the regular season simply when the discover central turned to playoff defense first hockey in the second half and closer to the playoff push that's exactly when chicago was simply not winning many games anymore it's not the offense nor the system in place it's that only a handful of players left are familiar with the difference the NHL game takes, and Chicago couldn't get away with being so young on experience down the stretch that coincides with the results they had. In fairness, they are rebuilding, so I appreciate that trade deadline deals to send Matthias Janmark and Carl Soderberg for futures is a good plan, just as two quick examples are better long-term plans than the short term combined with not having captain jonathan taves at all this year both brent seabrook and andrew shaw retiring because of injury that looked at least prior to training camp for the latter two they would be roster players well the leadership fell solely to patrick kane and duncan keith fully and they were rock stars in that capacity but the balance overall was especially post-deadline, like the kind of half the lineup you would expect to see a team dress in a season's exhibition game schedule, not in the stretch of an actual regular season. I'm going to leave it at that for now. This team, we have a lot of unpacking in the season-ending team pod to do. Additionally, there were milestones and retirements that need proper time to acknowledge that I will absolutely do at the time. Chicago's final team metrics remind you again, these are the final hard numbers, but the rankings may fluctuate as there are teams playing out their remaining regular season, unlike the Discover Central, who has completed their 56-game schedule. Chicago, 2.84 goal scored, ranks 16th. The power play at 21.7 success percentage dropped two spots to 11th league-wide. The team's goals allowed is 3.29, which is a tie for 24th, the same rank from the last podcast, how it ends once all the teams are done playing. It may rank differently. The penalty kill dropped to 28th overall with a 76.8% success kill rate. Chicago is 30th in shots on goals allowed. They had an average of 33.7 per game this year. 
Chicago's useless factoid. Mike Hardman returned the favor for McKenzie and Twistle, assisting on his first NHL goal in Carolina's 6-3 win over Chicago by assisting on Entwistle's first NHL goal in Chicago's 4-2 win over Dallas. Thumbs up, Alex DeBrinkett ended on a seven-game goal-scoring streak, including the six-week cover in this podcast and the regular season. He had eight goals in the last six games. He finished with a team-leading 32 that has him currently at third most goal scored for the entire NHL. He will certainly finish among the top goal scorers league-wide. He was tops in the Discover Central goal scoring, the alone 30-plus goal getter in the Discover Central, with Florida's Alexander Barkov with 26 goals and Dallas's Joe Pavelski's 25 goals as the two closest to him. Team MVP Patrick Kane finished as Chicago's point leader with 66 points. Kane, with 51 assists, is second only to Edmonton's Connor McDavid for the assist lead league-wide. Our two thumbs-up players this week, Kane and Debrinkit, were Chicago's over-point-per-game performers this year. Thumbs down, $2.65 million or 3.3% of Chicago's total cap space that GM Stan Bowman spent on his three goalies. I think that is still here from last week's pod. I am also still based on a team's goals against in the Discover Central at 186 at the end of the regular season. That was only one goal against better than Columbus at 187, who was last in the division in goals against, thinking that that statement needs to be said on repeat thanks for listening to central division hockey the podcast this week discover central edition final podcast thoughts for Nashville fans look for the first round playoff preview series pod versus carolina that will be up soon the team focused year-end podcast will start once the playoffs reach a point where i have time to do the year-end looks arizona chicago and dallas are the first three in that order based on the fewest points of the teams that missed the playoffs and then we'll work from there five of the eight focused central division teams over three divisions this year made the playoffs realistically the play of carolina tampa bay and florida in the discover central and vegas in the west division made it clear early on that it was only going to be a maximum of five that would make the playoffs of the focus teams this year. And that's how it turned out. like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want i'll have an old-fashioned i'll have a margarita now you can 
with the Bartesian Home Cocktail Maker. Bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button. Choose from over 50 different cocktails, from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today. You'll always get freshly mixed, perfectly balanced cocktails with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. And now, get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever at bartesian.com slash holiday. Entertaining? The Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever. It's available right now, only at bartesian.com slash holiday. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot com slash holiday for Bartesian's best deal ever. Only at bartesian.com slash holiday. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 